Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Prayer is powerful. We don't always see it, but we need to know that something's happening. Something is happening. Shift is happening when we pray. When we commit to pray, things happen. I'm just saying. Have you ever prayed for somebody? Like, okay, your leg was hurting, right? Your leg was at a a pain level of a five just now. We prayed for her. Pain gone. Some, that's awesome. Prayer, prayer works, right? Good. Well, how are you guys? Are you guys good? Good. Well, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for you. All around this place, I just encourage you to close your eyes and just lock eyes with him. Lock eyes with him. Lord, we came here tonight to not just check something off of our list, to not just say that we, we went to church this weekend, but we came to encounter you, to love you, to behold you, Jesus. I pray that we wouldn't leave here the same way that we came in. I pray that you would take us to the next level of glory. I pray that your presence would be poured out in this place. I pray that your presence would be tangible. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for going ahead, going behind, and going beside us. Like Anna said, I thank you for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you for being for us, Lord. Let us never become familiar with you. Let us never become familiar with you. Father God, I surrender and I submit my being to you, I pray that your, your words would flow through me, Father God, and I pray that our hearts would be prepared for what you want to do in this place. Even if it doesn't make sense to us now, Father God, I thank you for preparing our hearts, for softening our hearts, for allowing our hearts to become pliable and sensitive to you. Let us never treat this as common, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. How many know that song, Give Me Jesus? It says, give me Jesus. You can have all of this world, but give me Jesus. How many know that's not just like a song? Like we were singing, first of all, we were singing it. So it is a song, but it's, it's like a posture of the heart. And how many know that, first of all, God is a man of his word. Like Jesus, in the, this word, it is what it is. Like, we don't just get to pick and choose, like, what we want to take out of here and what feels good, but we, we have to take this for what it is. And so, if Jesus being our great example, when we sing that, we should be men and women of our word. You know, you can have all of this world, Jesus, but give me you. You can have all this world, but give me you. And then it goes into... Um, we were singing, I don't want anyone else. I don't need anything else. You are my one thing. Have you guys ever had anything in place of him? 
me. But let that not just be a song that we sing, but let that be the posture of our heart. Give me Jesus. You can have it all. Do we actually mean that? Because when I sang that, I'm like, oh yeah, this is so good. And then when he asks for it, I'm like, oh, no, you cannot have it all. But we need to mean what we say and say what we mean. You know what I mean? Like singing a song is cool, but like the, the lyrics are so powerful. If we think about what we're singing, you can have every single thing, but just give me you. Like that's so powerful. If we truly, if we truly understand that, he will give it all. But I believe that the Lord is placing his finger on areas inside of us to bring us to a point of making a decision, is he enough for us? Is he enough for us? So that, that um, resistance maybe that you're feeling or have felt, because I'm, I'm saying this for me, like this is what I've been feeling, a resistance almost, it's because he's poking and he's prodding at the areas inside of us that are not like, that he does not want to be there. To, is he enough for us? He's bringing us to a place, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? Because in 2 Corinthians 3.18, you know, I have often, you may have even heard me say it. If you've sat with me, you've probably heard me say it. If you're in my cell group, you've probably heard me say it. But I, I quote this verse, you know, we, we grow from glory to glory, which is absolutely true, right? Am I right? I'm not even going to, I didn't even want to comment that you guys are quiet because sometimes it just makes me look like, oh, you care if I'm loud. I, it's all good, but it's like, you could hear my pen drop right now. God is good. Am I right? Amen. God is good. That's it. You know, I was thinking about tonight. I'm like, probably you're going to need to remind me where I was going with that point, but it's cool because we all come here for the same purpose. So it takes the pressure off the person that's given the message. You didn't come here to listen to the message. You came here to encounter the message. The message is Jesus. You didn't come here to listen to some message. We came here for one purpose, and it's to encounter the message. Right? So it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off of the worship team because all they have to do is worship the message. <laughs> he is the message. Jesus is everything. Everything. So anyways, back to glory to glory. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I have often with, I've said, you know, we grow from glory to glory and my motive in saying that is pure. You know, like that is a pure motive. But listen to, let's look at the whole verse. It says, and we all with unveiled face, meaning a mind not blinded, be, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the reality of this verse is that it doesn't just happen that I get to go from glory to glory. You know, like when seasons change, it doesn't just mean that, oh, now I get to experience that next level of glory because the season changed. No, this, this is telling me that it takes, it takes action. It takes obedience to experience that, that glory to glory. It's a life laid down. It's letting go of the old ways. It requires action. So this is something that we all have access to as sons of God to go from glory to glory. We all have access to that, right? 
We all have access to that. But what steps am I taking and what am I doing to, um, to grow and to mature? Because my growth and my maturity is based off of my beholding. My growth and my maturity as a son of God is based off what I'm beholding. Because that's what, this, that's what I take away from this verse. It says, um, and we all. So whoever is beholding the glory of the Lord, they, those are the ones that are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So that's telling me that I'm going to, whatever I'm beholding is what I'm going to be transformed into. Whatever I'm beholding is what I'm going to be transformed into because it says beholding the glory of the Lord. Those that are beholding the glory of the Lord are the ones that are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Whatever I'm beholding is what I'm going to be transformed into and I do not want to behold myself. And I'm afraid this thing's been burning inside of me and I haven't even been able to like put words to it, but it's been burning inside of me because I myself have allowed my heart to be beholding things of myself, beholding things of this world. The world is so me focused, so internally focused that it's, it's normal to look at yourself and not look at him. That's what the world tells us is if I look at myself, but that's not as sons of God. When we behold him, we should look like him. We should sound like him. We should respond like him. Our demeanor should be like Jesus. And I've been convicted, have been convicted to take the word for what the word is, not what I want the word to be. For what the word is, not for what I, I hope it says, or maybe, maybe if I, uh, find a certain verse in the Bible, like that will confirm my perspective, <laughs> my, my flesh perspective. This is me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, I really believe that truth. First of all, truth is a person and truth is there's no gray area with truth. Truth is black and white, you know, taking it for what it is. And I believe that truth gives us options. It gives us two options. Truth can either offend us and we could stay offended or truth can propel us into that next level of glory. We can either stay, we can either hold ourselves back with allowing things like offense to keep us there or we can allow it to propel us. We can allow it, we can, we can allow it to let us experience that next level. We can allow it to experience him in the next level. So maturity takes the word of God and the words of Jesus and it allows, us to, it, allows it to propel us into the next level. Maturity welcomes truth. Maturity welcomes truth. Truth is a person. Are we allowing the word to convict us? Or are we like, oh yeah, that's probably for my neighbor. That's probably for my husband. Yeah, he really needs to hear that one. No, I, no, I need to hear it. Let's be real. Honestly, first, the, the word applies is to, to be applied to us. If we're thinking about how this should be, how 
the different person should be benefiting from a message that we're listening to or a verse that we're reading. That, that's like, that in itself is showing that there's something off inside of me. <laughs> Everything is for us first. Always, 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 always. Age and time saved is not maturity. Age and time saved is not maturity. Have you ever said to somebody or um, went up to a young person and you're like, you're really mature for your age, you know? Or maybe you've heard that. You're really mature for your age. Age and time saved is not maturity. Maturity and growth is time in the presence of God. Because there can be a person that's in their 70s and still act like they're 10. Or there can be somebody that's 10 and act like they're 70. The presence of God is what determines our maturity and our growth. Time in the presence of God will accelerate our, our growth. That's it. When I was first saved, somebody told me, you determine how fast you grow. And I was like, I'll take it. Let's go. Nothing's going to stop me. I, eyes on the prize, baby. Eyes on the prize. And we're going for it. The prize is Jesus. When we lock eyes with Jesus, nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. Am I right? And how many know that Jesus is our example? If we need to learn how to like love somebody, Jesus is our example. If we need to, that's probably like a obvious one. But if we need to learn how to like correct somebody, Jesus is our example. If we need to learn how to um, heal some, like pray for somebody, Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example for leadership. Jesus is our example for being a business owner. Jesus is our example for every single thing. Jesus is our example. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke 11. Luke 11, 1 through 4. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic. Is that good? Good stuff. It says, Then he was praying in a certain place, and when he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, held holy and revered on earth as it is in heaven. Give us daily our bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, who has offended us or done us wrong. And bring us not into temptation, but rescue us from evil. Discipleship 101, intimacy with the Father. Come on. Jesus is our example for every single thing. The first thing that he did was walked them through intimacy with the Father. Teach us how to pray. Boom. Discipleship. 
intimacy with the Father. What's the most important thing? Intimacy with the Father. Jesus is our great example. What was he doing? Having intimacy with the Father. In the scripture, we will often see in the gospels, Jesus went alone to pray. Discipleship 101. It's beautiful. We, like, there's people in our lives that will have great counsel. We have amazing pastors. We have amazing cell leaders. We have amazing counselors. But I lost my train of thought. Jesus is everything. That's it. <laughs> Period. Done. Done. Oh, we should always be pointing people to Jesus. <laughs> Never to ourselves. It's nothing about us. It has nothing to do with us. Nothing. And that's freeing. When you meet with somebody, be like, have you prayed about that? Jesus has every answer you need. If you don't know where to go, if you don't know how to like walk somebody through something, look, pray, start praying. Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit into that, into that place. Jesus is the answer. We should be leading people to him, not to ourselves. We are a vessel to lead people to him. This might sound, and I'm not really worried how it sounds, elementary. This might sound elementary. But as soon as it sounds elementary, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. If Jesus is elementary, there's a problem because Jesus is not elementary. He is everything. And if, like, I think that sometimes I used to be, I used to be offended when the message was Jesus. I'm like, come on, help me with my problems. You know, give me that, give me that practical advice. This is practical. This is the most practical you can get. It is. I'm just saying. Now I'm not offended that the message is Jesus because here I am. Right? We should always be leading people to the Father. And our, our pastors do amazing at that. Our cell leaders do amazing at that. Wendy does amazing at that. They all do amazing at that because it's, it's understanding. It's like it's a heart posture knowing that it's nothing in myself. It's everything with him. Everything with him. I'm so thankful for leadership that leads you to Jesus. Am I right? Come on. That's, that's awesome. Instead of like leading them to, your, leading them to you. It's like that's, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. I believe, well, first of all, it says, when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done, holy and revered on earth as it is in heaven. I believe because I did it and have been, have been burning, it's been burning in me that some of us have locked eyes with something that is not Jesus and it's robbing the affection of our heart. And that's what I was, what I was saying earlier about how I've, I believe that Jesus is placing his finger. You know, when somebody like, I went to the chiropractor yesterday and Doc Sarvelt looks at me, he's like, have I ever hurt you? And I was like, um, yes. <laughs> yes, you have. He grabs my shoulder. He said, oftentimes, you know, because he had a really hard time adjusting one spot in my back. And he said, oftentimes, people that I have a hard time adjusting in that spot, it's because they're, ho they're holding their shoulders as earrings. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. He squeezes my shoulder and just presses it and presses it and presses it until finally the pain just released. That's what the Lord is doing. He's putting his finger on our heart 
he's putting the finger on what's inside of us. It says in Matthew that he will uproot what he did not plant. He will uproot whatever's inside of us that he did not put there. And so like this was not, that pain was not supposed to be there. So he pressed on it and he pressed on it. I'm not kidding you for like five, four minutes. I don't want to be, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but it was a long time. Probably it just felt like a long time because I was the one in pain. Jake was watching. He's like, I like being on this end of it. I'm like, oh, that's, I bet you do. (laughs) But for real, that's what the Lord's doing. He's pressing on areas inside of us to release them so those things can be out, out of us so that he can take us to that next place. Your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done. Our satisfaction can easily be sucked away by lifeless idols. An idol is anything placed above Jesus that's robbing the affection and attention of our hearts. And until we're willing to lay those things aside, we will only be able to experience a measure of him. Until we're willing to lay those things aside, and let's say, Lord, I, I mean this. Your kingdom come and your will be done in my life until we're, we'll only be able to experience a measure of him, a measure of him. And that's, if that's enough, that's, that's good, but I'm not, I'm not gonna be held back. And I don't think any of us in this room wanna be held back. No, we don't. I found myself desiring my will to be done You know, like I said earlier, we live in a a world that's me-focused, and it's good to be self-aware. It's good to take care of yourself. It's good to make sure that you process what's on the inside, but sometimes I think we can use that processing as an excuse to stay where we're at, to keep us staying stagnant. I'm just processing this with the Lord, you know, which is, you know, it's a good thing to process with the Lord, but we, we're, we're, if you want to go from glory to glory, like, we got to process and hit the road, Jack, you know, like we can't be staying there. Instead of being, instead of being me focused as sons of God, we should be him focused because like I said earlier, we will be transformed into what we're beholding. I don't want to be transformed into more of me. I don't want to be transformed into more of what the world says that we should look like. I, we want to be transformed into what he is and what he looks like, what he sounds like, what he tastes like. We want to be transformed into more of him, into more of him. And I have found in my personal life that the me mindset is a heart that is not fully satisfied in the presence of God. A me mindset, a mindset that's focused on me, what's going to benefit me, what hurts me, what my insides are feeling. A me mindset is a heart that is not fully satisfied in the presence of God. Because I have spent hours, this is coming from my personal life, I have spent hours in the presence of God and still have come out not fulfilled, not satisfied, not happy, not full of joy, just becoming apathetic. I've spent hours in the presence of God and still remain the same because I was, I was, I was beholding myself. I was beholding the thing that I was going through rather than beholding the one setting my gaze upon the one. Instead, I was like, Lord, I pray that you, that you would come and you would fix this situation instead of, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in this situation. Yeah. My, my heart was pulled away by other things. You know, Jesus even says, he said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. All he's interested in is our heart, our affection, our devotion, our attention, our gaze. He's interested in our heart, not the things that we can say, 
because we can say a lot of things, you know, just like, you know, we've heard, probably heard this example. It's like, if I tell my husband that I love him, which I do, um, if I tell him that, but my actions don't line up with that at all, it's like, you honor me. I honored him with my lips, but my heart, you know, like where, where's the rest of it? It's like, I just, I just left him hanging with that, you know? True satisfaction comes from Jesus. Marriages, they won't feel like enough. You know, those, those that are married, if you're not satisfied in the presence of God, your marriage won't feel like enough. What's wrong with my marriage? I feel a disconnect. I felt that for so long, and I'm like, where's the disconnect? The disconnect was in me with him. Because until this is satisfied, this won't be satisfied. You know, we're reading um, Jesus Freaks for the 40-Day Transition, and I have another book called Hearts on Fire. For any women in here, I, I highly recommend it. It's just, it's like eight women that were um, persecuted for their faith. And Sabina Worm, Wormbrand, if I said her name wrong, yes, that's okay. But she had to be sufficient in the Lord because her husband was like, he was taken away for years. She didn't even know if he was alive or dead. She had no idea. She had to be sufficient in the Lord. Like he had to be everything for her. There was, there was so many trials. Like she had, to, she had to set her gaze upon Jesus to get her through those times. She couldn't worry about what was happening. Her marriage, her marriage she didn't even know if he was alive. And here I am in my life worrying about cooking meals for the whole 30. I'm, you know, I'm getting upset about cooking meals as a wife. But Sabina was on her face before the Lord, having him be the one to satisfy her. Here I am. It's like, it's like a first world problem, you know? Like, it's like, okay, I'm cooking a meal. You know, that frustrates me. Oh, you know, like I need, instead of being satisfied in the presence of God, being, being joyful to be able to cook a meal, to be able to, to be able to be here serving my husband, you know, serving the home, serving the Lord. It's just, a, it's a perspective. She only had one, she only had one choice. Having a microphone will never be enough. Friendships won't feel like enough. Church sometimes won't even feel like enough. Leaders in your life won't feel like enough. Mentors, counselors, they won't feel like enough. The call on your life won't feel like enough. You, you probably want to maybe serve in like every area of the church because it just never seems to be enough. It's like, I'm serving here, but that's not, that's not enough. But I heard, I heard Stephanie Gretzinger say, God, I want to say this right. He isn't impressed because he put the call in you. He isn't impressed. So when we think it's all about us and our call, we're missing it. We're missing it. He is, he is the caller. He is the call. It's, this has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with anybody. It has everything to do with him. He's not impressed, nor should I be. Because as soon as I, as soon as I put, esteem myself, he's not. You know, I'm saying all these from a place of living them. I'm not saying them from a place of, I am here and you are here. You know, it's never that. So please, please know that. I've had to repent for allowing things into me. We were, I had the opportunity to go to California to a Open Heavens conference. 
and it was the it was the last morning of the conference and I had texted Jake. I was like, I want to cry, but I can't. I want to be able to release, but I can't. You know, it's like we're around powerful like men and women of God that were really strong in their faith and the presence of God was really there, but like I was just like a stone. I'm like, yeah, this is cool, you know. Even like my actions, like I may have been like worshiping the Lord, but my heart was like my heart was elsewhere. My heart didn't feel and all of a sudden, I we were in the front, like right next to the, they had like the Chris Valentin and those guys like right here. And then there was a um, a rope, a rope type deal. And we were like standing in front of it. And I, Jake said, I said, I just want to cry. He said, ask him, ask him. And I was like, that's it? That's your answer to me? You don't have like anything else? Not being satisfied in the presence of God, you will look for, to people for other things that only can come from him. So I did. I was like, Lord, I want to release. I want, I want to feel you. I want to experience you. And I don't want to miss what is happening right now. And in that worship set, he said, I'm stripping you of your dependence of man. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool because I didn't even know I had a dependence of man, so... Get it on out of here. That sounds good. Little did I know that wasn't just going to be a one and done thing. You know, Jesus is not interested in anything but our hearts. Stripping you of your, de- stripping me of my dependence of man. I'm stripping you of your dependence of man. I was like, well, come. Because when he's not the one that's satisfying me, I will never fully be satisfied. I will never fully be satisfied. No man can do it. No man. I'm not talking about a man, but I'm talking about like any human being. Nobody will ever satisfy. Ever. And that was just the, that was the start to my journey. That was the start to the burning. Because before that, I wasn't burning. But because I asked the Lord, because I was willing to take ownership for where I was and what I've allowed into me, He was able to do something with that. Glory to glory takes obedience. It takes sacrifice. It takes putting away the me mindset. You know, my husband's not meeting my needs. I'm, you know, my wife isn't coming through for me. My job isn't enough. You know, I'm not sure if, if, if these messages are, are for me. Um, Putting away the me mindset and giving him everything, laying those, being willing to lay those perspectives down, being willing to lay those things down allows him to come in inside of us to take us to that next level. Truth can either offend us or propel us. Truth can either offend us or propel us. It's up to, it's up to me. It's in my hands. And from then on, he's, he's, it's been a journey. I've had to, I've had to clean my heart of um, prideful thoughts you know, pride, things, things that I didn't even know that were pride. He's like, no, you know, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I was feeling the resistance. It was the Lord resisting me. It wasn't necessarily the enemy, although there is a devil. Don't, don't forget that. Like the devil is real, but God resists. God was, you know, it's not, it wasn't a, it wasn't a rude thing, but he's like, yep. Until you're willing to like lay that down, you know, it's, you know, there's only a certain measure that I, that I was able to experience of him. Laying down the pride, laying down the, um, you know, allowing the judgment and the criticism in, inside of me, 
laying those things down, becoming, becoming flat on my face for nothing but him. Discipleship 101, intimacy with the Father. When we have intimacy with the Father, I guarantee you that he will provoke and point and prod at things inside of us. My Father will uproot anything that is not planted from him. All of these things will be temporary satisfaction because none of them were ever meant to be enough for us. What's the cry of my heart, the motive of my heart? Father, bless this message or be the message. Father, make this relationship work for me. Or Father, let your kingdom come and let your be done in the, will be done in this relationship or this job or, you know, or everything, everything. My prayer must be more focused on what moves him rather than what moves me. My prayer lately has been, Lord, move me for what moves you. Let me burn for what you burn for. Let me love what you love. Let me, let me not, let me hate what you hate. You know, let my heart be, let my heart be set upon you that every single thing that, that you long for, I long for rather than Lord long for this, bless my steps. You know, he's like, no, do what I'm blessing. Like Pastor Bob says, you know, do what I'm blessing. Don't ask me to bless your steps. Do what I'm blessing. It's way easier that way. It's way easier that way. So we're, I'm crying out for more of the Lord and he's asking for all of me. So if we're crying out for more of the Lord, he's asking for all of you, all of you, all of us. Jesus is the true satisfaction in the sustained life because it says in Luke 11, it says, give us daily our bread. That word daily in the Greek is daily, cool, necessary, and sufficient. Daily, necessary, and sufficient. Jesus is sufficient because Jesus is the bread. Jesus is the bread. John 6, 35, Jesus replied to them, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me, first of all, it's the one who comes to him, will never be hungry. And the one who believes in me as savior will never be thirsty for that one will be sustained spiritually. We will be sustained spiritually. The one that comes to him will be sustained, will never be hungry, will never be thirsty. Why? Because he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. He's, he's literally the one that will sustain our beings forever. Everything else in this world is temporary. But he is the sustainer. He is the bread of life. Daily, we get to be, we get to be living filled, living in sufficiency because he is the one that is our satisfaction. We find false satisfaction in things. It gives us this temporary fulfillment, but he's the one that will fulfill us long-term, long-term. You don't want me. You want him. You know, you want, you want, when you spend time with the Lord, he fills you with him. He fills you with himself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Let us burn for you, Lord. 
Let us burn for you. Amy, could I have you at the keys, please? Thank you. He is the only one that will ever be enough. And until that becomes heart knowledge, we will not be sustained. You know, Pastor Shar says that we will live what we believe. If we believe that he's enough, we will live it. But if we don't believe that he's enough, we won't live it. Believe that the Lord, again, is placing his finger on things inside of us to bring us to a point of making a decision. Is he enough? Is he enough? And if he's not, what more does he have to do? He gave us his life. This is when Jesus was was tried. In Matthew 27, verse 11, it says, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge. And it goes on to say, When Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing from these people, but rather than a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. And Jesus was delivered to to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, They put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put on his own clothes 
and put his own his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. There's so much more here. But Jesus isn't interested in anything else but us, but our hearts. He's done it all to be in relationship with us. He wants to pour himself out. He wants to take us to experience all of him. And let us never treat it as common. Let us never treat him as common. Thank you, Lord. If you guys want to stand with me. (laughs) He's asking for all of us, all of our affection, all of our devotion, allowing him to be the sustaining one, allowing him to be the consuming one, allowing him to be the satisfying one, Like me, if you've allowed anything to be in place of that, tonight, give it to him. There's no shame or condemnation. He just wants us. I give him things daily. (laughs) I have to repent daily because he's interested in our heart, our desires. He wants our gaze set upon him. He wants our marriage. He wants your call. He wants our love. He wants our interests. Less of me and more of him. Glory to glory. Some of us are hanging on to our children. Let them into the hands of the Father tonight. Some of us are hanging on to the desire of being married. Let it into the hands of the Father tonight. Some of us are hanging on to me mindsets. Let it go and let his mindset lavish upon you tonight. Some of us are hanging on to marital divisions. Release your husband or your wife and let the father wrap you in his presence tonight. And may you have the heart of the father to see your spouse through. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, for the price, for taking those, the whips, in your back for being spit on and mocked. You came. You were loved to the world. You are loved to the world. You showed us what it's like. You're the great example.
So Lord, we, we repent for allowing anything in our lives to be placed above you. We allow and we welcome the poking and the prodding to our insides, Lord, to take us to that next level of glory, Father God. We behold you. We behold you. We set our gaze upon you. We set our affections upon you. Let us never become familiar with your eyes. Let us never become familiar with your face, Lord. But we behold you. We thank you. You are worth it all, all of us. And we choose, Father God, you. I thank you for, for what you're doing in this place, Lord. I thank you for satisfying. I thank you for sustaining. Father God, I thank you for filling your people in this place. Father God, I thank you that we are not gonna leave here the same, Father God, but we are leaving on a new level of glory, Lord. Let us never be the same. Let us never be the same. Let us lock eyes with the King. In Jesus' name, let us lock eyes with the King. Let all else fade away. You can have all of this world, but give us Jesus. Give us Jesus. God, I pray that you would bless your people. I pray that you would keep them safe. Father God, I pray that this that this would draw them closer to you, that we would be drawn to the message himself. Father God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.